Do 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 do. This is a Foot Guns emergency podcast. Do 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 do. Begin podcast. Hal, what's going on? Uh, well, I don't know if uh, <laughs> I don't really know where to start, but I will. Uh, you know, last night will be unforgettable for me for uh, for a long time. Yeah, I. You know, I have to say it's. The last twenty four hours on crypto Twitter have been absolutely riveting. Yeah, yeah, and um, I guess um, what's going on as the Frog Nation is asking for Frog Ivness. And uh, you know, we may just see one of the largest and most popular DeFi protocols uh, croak in the next uh, forty eight hours. Wow. Okay, I think we should probably <laughs> we should probably give it away to the people that don't have any clue what the hell we're talking about, uh, what we're talking about. So um, I was actually explaining this. I'm I'm visiting my parents right now, so I was just explaining or trying to explain this to my parents um, what's happening and who Danny is. And um, yeah, the, the the you know the biggest thing that's clear to me is is there was this question of is Wonderland a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> And it is starting to look like the answer is now uh, yes, probably. Okay, so yes, so Wonderland has been going down uh, way below the the value of its uh, supposed like treasury assets or backing, and that's causing the other uh, DeFi protocols that Danny is in charge of, um, Spell Abr- and Abracadabra, to crater also, and. I don't know. It, it's it's really interesting. Like he was creating this empire on the way up, and now it's and uh, popsicle too. Yeah, popsicle. Did I say uh, ice? Yeah, popsicle. Um, yeah, those are both cratering. I guess sushi is cratering too because that's considered kind of like an implicit Danny project, also. Um, but I don't know. Let's 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 get into it. I, where do we where do you start the story? I mean, I guess you could say it started. I would if I would put the beginning of it at the just kind of like general market nuke that happened um, a week a week ago, like that Friday evening nuke when Bitcoin went down, you know, below, like went into the into the 30s and, and uh, out of uh, 40sville. And that started I want to go. Really, I, yeah, I want to go even further back. I, let's take the story back to um, pop. You know, I, I, for for me, where Danny entered my life was Popsicle Finance and popsicle finance hack and i know um there was a couple people uh at badger some in the community shout out to vipes for uh you know awesome badger punks and nfts that he's made and all the emojis on the foot gun server um but you know like vipes and a couple other people at badger had like brought a popsicle to me when it was really a tiny project and then it got hacked they lost 20 million dollars and then danny kind of like that was the moment where he really sprung onto the scene in my mind when he came out and, and, you know, rescued all of these people with his personal funds um, to, you know, and, and, you know, by the way, Popsicle was also audited twice before the hack. Um, and it was, it was a um, easy, you know, when they described the hack, um, they said that, you know, someone should have easily been able to see this, but, you know, the auditors didn't see it. They didn't see it. Um, but yeah, the biggest thing was he came out as this, as this sort of, hero to the people right and and started um talking about this these three projects that he has okay so then you have abracadabra which is basically a clone of MakerDAO, right so you can deposit assets into it and you can mint magic internet money mim similar in the way that MakerDAO allows you to mint um die uh, and then you have popsicle which is supposed to be this uh market making algorithm that uh runs using uni v3 that's you know supposed to be the best market maker that's ever been created or whatever and it's going to take over DeFi. um and then you have uh wonderland which is a own fork so there's this opportunity uh people like you know we're starting you know ohm survived uh the pullback in the summer of uh 21 and started doing pretty well um people started realizing that the model worked really well and then just like everything else in DeFi, it got forked um and if you remember there was a lot of drama around wonderland and the forking and how um you know they were kind of pissed at danny because supposedly they had made all these deals and then um you know he he sort of just like brushed it all off and then started really pushing on this whole frog nation thing 
um, and that, you know, okay, we have Abracadabra, which I described, we have Wonderland, which I described, and we have, well, actually, I didn't really describe Wonderland. It's just, okay, if you don't know what Ohm is, um, you know, we had a podcast about it, but if you didn't listen to it, go back and listen to it. It's great. Um, but Ohm allows you to essentially give up your funds for Ohm. So when, you know, every... In a you know sushi swap, uni swap, or whatever, you go and you trade, and you're you know you know okay, I'm trading my Ethereum for USDC, I'm trading my USDC for Bitcoin or whatever. On uh, Wonderland and Ohm, there was this thing called bonds, where you could go and um, essentially hand over control of the assets, you know, Ethereum, Bitcoin, whatever. I mean, uh, t- you know, specifically for Wonderland, it's it's Avalanche, Avax was the token, um, and then Magic Internet money. So it made this connection back to abracadabra um and so you could you could go give your magic internet money and in return you get time and the promise is that if you stake your time you get this insanely high apy i think it's currently at like eighty thousand percent apy or something so it's it's sort of um you you know (laughs) this could all wash out and um these protocols could end up being um uh, you know, fine. But if you just take, if you think about that, you know, okay, that is kind of like a Ponzi scheme. I'm, uh, some guy is offering me a, a huge return on a real world asset. So I'm giving him something that the world actually wants. And in return, uh, he's giving me back this thing that is promising me a future, uh, you know, of millions and billions, too good to be true. Um, so yeah. And then I like, let's uh, hear right now, uh, foot gun statement from Hal is that sushi will survive this. Sushi has been through a million storms. Um, sushi is not Danny's, and uh, it will it will figure out how to get out of this. Um, I think all these protocols can be somewhat useful. But okay, that's all like the backstory, right? Now <laughs> I'm about to go to bed last night, and there's a tweet from danny you know whatever i'm like okay oh yeah that's right it's probably him waking up uh in his time zone um and i'm reading it and i'm just like what is this and he said okay there's about to be something that it's going to come out about sifu who is the guy that manages um the treasury at wonderland uh and just to be clear DAOs that exists you know like badger and i mean even you know, even sushi, um, but you know, DAOs that have actual interesting treasuries like Badger or or Olympus, they are managed by a team behind, like behind a multisig with many many signers on it, and decisions are made through governance. Um, but Wonderland passed the governance um, proposal, and the the token holders agreed to just basically let Sifu do whatever he wants with um, the money. And, you know, it, it the money seems to still be in the treasury. So, so far it's safe, I guess, or as we're saying now, it's Sifu. Um, <laughs> mm. But yeah, so, so this guy basically got like a whole bunch of control inside of Wonderland. And then last night, Danny tweets this thing out that says a bunch of alle- uh, uh, allegations are going to come out against this guy. And uh, just so you know, um, I'm like, I'm willing to give him a second chance or whatever, because okay and so then i quickly started being like okay well what did this dude do um what is the what is the account that xbt account i i that was the first time i had heard of it last night the, the account that like uncovers oh, all this stuff zach yeah, yeah, zach, yeah, yeah xbt yeah so i saw the post read through it started trying to you know see if anyone else was like agreeing with this people that i trust um you know it's like 4 a.m or whatever so twitter was pretty slow at, at that point um but there was just millions of dms going around and shit and uh yeah it 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 got pretty crazy um and there was clearly some false information going around that wasn't true but it turns out the sifu guy which i think there's i gotta confirm this and i want to go watch it now there's some netflix documentary about this guy because he um he stole like 110 million dollars from this um canadian exchange uh a few years back and then Apparently, the same guy was also leading a ring of uh, identity theft, you know, uh, people that were just stealing identities for credit cards and selling them and a couple of other things that were just like, you know, hanging out in these like hacker forums and and that sort of thing. Um, So just like not the kind of second chance you give to someone, you know, like um, 
I was in my mind, I was like, oh, what the dude like rob a liquor store or was he a cocaine dealer or something? Or I don't know, you know, something that's like bad and like pretty bad, uh, but forgivable maybe. Um, but so, yeah, so I'm I'm at the point now uh, having digested all this for I guess it's been about 11 hours, um, uh, maybe 12 hours um, is that. I don't trust anything to do with the frog nation at the moment because one of the the things that we do in investing, which I've I've actually never had to experience this up until this moment, um, is when your fundamental thesis is broken, just get out and s- sit on the sidelines and and see what happens. So like you know maybe maybe time spell ice uh, sushi recover here, um, but I'm not gonna. I'm not going to bet on that yet. I'm, I'm gonna, not 12 hours into this. All right. That, that was my rant. So I guess my question is like, how much is this a general, when the tide is going out, you find out who's swimming naked, triggered by the market sell-off uh, that happened like a week or two ago. I was kind of trying to set that up earlier. I think, you know, uh, on... Um, the Kobe podcast, this guy, um, Harlebob had an interesting comment about like ohm and time that these are kind of like bull market tokens. And they they are like you said, you give me asset X, I'm gonna give you my native token that's like hyperinflating, and there's gonna be a premium that that um, you know, cognitive bias or whatever, like people want want to see that high headline AP, APY number, and over time. The idea is that like th- these treasuries will like basically become hedge funds or investment vehicles and they'll start generating money on their own rather than taking in money and they're going to be creating like returns for these users right like that was either that was kind of like the v2 thesis for these protocols right like the ohm original thesis was like this is going to become a reserve asset and it will be like a, a base money this will be like a central bank but then once you had more of these forks you know there can't be 50 central banks, there's, you know, got to be a secondary uh, reason for being for these things. And it just became like, we're, you know, we're a treasury DAO and we're going to manage the the money, right? So time started putting in all these, you know, putting out investments, they invested in like a uh, betting startup and, you know, we're saying more deals are coming, but, uh, but, you know, that's, it's, it's early days for that, right? So it's yet to be seen that these things like produce an organic, return um beyond taking in the assets so i don't know i mean i think uh once you know there, like during a bull market there's that premium right like there's like the hopium things are going up people are are, are uh aping in but like it seems like this was these class of protocols klima included um have, were the kind of first to fall and hardest to fall once it became clear that the fed was really tightening and, and sounding more more hawkish so I think um, once that started to happen, you know, these questions that were sort of just theoretical, I remember, I, I guess you you tweeted out a, a part of the conversation that we had with when we had Om on the podcast about like, okay, like, yes, like today there's this big premium above like the treasury value and then the so-called like risk-free value. Um, but that's because, you know, there's this uh, bull market faith right there you know if you're on bank list they would call it the monetary premium that like people are valuing this as a money above and beyond the asset base right and so now we're at the time where the tide's starting to go out we're going to see okay is the asset base a floor for these things can they how you know far under the floor can they fall is there a mechanism that will bring them back up to the floor um so i don't know that's that's a really interesting thing for me like i was not um I that's why that's have... kind of why everyone is saying that nine nine killed Ohm, right? Because um, the so the problem okay is is the liquidations like leverage and liquidations, right? So without being able to leverage your Ohm to buy more Ohm, uh, then you, you you know you couldn't create a situation which is this is exactly what happened with time, which is the price got to the point where it started liquidating people. So it started force selling time. And then, you know, there was just like this huge liquidation cascade. And so instead of, uh, you know, let's imagine uh, 
Sifu and Danny were just in, in, in all good faith um, trying to buy and hold the floor because of all that, um, those liquidations, it, you know, they had to respond faster with even more money in a short period of time. Right. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's on one level you think, okay, well you want to be able to have some sort of leverage, but um, who, yeah, I don't know the, the MIM, the MIM thing is a little weird, right? Because in some sense, like because time and MIM are so tied close together, it's kind of like if I were to go to you and be like, can I borrow a thousand dollars? And then you said, sure. And then I came back to you and I said, Hey, um, can I give you this thousand dollars? And then you give me another thousand and then I'll have two. And then like, can you give me three? And then can you give me four? Like, it's you know, you're, because of the relationship of mim and time being so close together having the leverage on them doesn't make a lot of sense and then ohm sort of got um tied into this as well because they released a um uh you know an ohm vault on abracadabra right yeah absolutely i mean i think even if this model is sustainable and like i'm still it, I, I still think it's within the realm of possibility. It's it's in in you know on a probabilistic spectrum of outcomes. Like these things could have value and could come to resemble like you know tokenized hedge funds or whatever. Like I think I, you know that's that's certainly plausible. And like there's no reason that that can exist on blockchain. And you know just because like one fund failed doesn't mean that the model of having a fund is broken, right? Like it's, it's something that's existed throughout, you know, financial history. Um, so I'm not, I'm not writing that off, but certainly like this, this idea that you would leverage, like, even if you had been able to, if, if you had been leveraged long Bitcoin since the day it came out, you would still have gotten liquidated, even though if you had just been spot long, you'd, you know, be up thousands and thousands of percent right because there's still it's the fluctuations that kill you right if like you'd continued leveraging up at one point you would get wiped out along the way so you know this presence of le the leverage creates like the reflexive up and down uh in both ways so i don't know i think like the more interesting the, you know the question for me is like okay what's the mechanism for you know invoking the backing bringing it back up like one analog you could use is like the presence of like closed end funds in TradFi. And I, I wish Boomer was here because I wanted to ask him about this because like, you know, there are these funds that are a basket of stocks that are traded under a ticker symbol. And like you can go look them up and like on any given day, especially if it's a bear market, like these things are trading like 10, 15, 20% below just the value of the, you know, assets that they hold. So and these discounts can persist for a long time, right? Just because it's a bear market, you know, maybe they don't like the manager is uh, proven to be a con artist or, you know, with like whatever, there, there can be any reason for a discount, but it's hard to unlock that value. Like in TradFi, like you have to get basically an activist investor who comes in and like buys up the shares of this thing and gets control of it and then winds it down and distributes the, the assets to everyone. And that's, a lot of times management resists that because they're basically entrenched and they're, you know, getting fat off the fees. They like being in charge and, and whatnot. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to see, like, is there a demand to um, come in and like break up these things and unlock the assets in them? Because, you know, if you believe these uh, spreadsheets of the treasury, that's that, it, you know, on the Wonderland treasury, like it's trading far below the assets that they have in their in their treasury right like granted it's just incredibly like slapdash uh control of it but it is a pile of assets a lot of those are stable coins um so you know they're good assets in this thing but it's just a question of like how are they going to be unlocked and what the next step is okay so i got a question what do you think um because you know the the community and i think somebody i was just reading somebody's going to try and propose something to like take over wonderland or something i was yeah. reading um what do you think he'll do it do you think if if it passes that you know and they're just like yo we want danny out of here we want sifu out of here we want everyone like out of here um do you think they would give it up like do you think they would give control over um i don't know i mean then we'll see if this thing is a real dao right like that's that's the question right like is it just 
Sifu and Danny. Yeah, well, that's when they like are forced to forced to rug us. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely gonna it's definitely gonna force the question. I mean, I, I I don't know. Like, I I don't know Danny. I've listened to him. Like, he's certainly like a charming guy. Um, I didn't invest a lot of assets, and you know, I had a small position in spell and a small position in uh time, which are small enough that I'm just gonna. I'm happy to just like ride them to zero or, you know, if there's some kind of recovery, come back on it. Right. It's almost like not. I, I sold all mine. I sold mm-hmm. everything. You're the only thing the I Danny kept burst. was some sushi. I just kept mm-hmm. some sushi. And I only kept it because, um, well, look, I mean, I'm a trader, right? That's what we're here. Yep. Me and Boomer, Boomer are here for is to like teach you guys how to trade. And, um, I, you know, if, if you're right and um, time and spell and all that stuff recover, then I'm probably going to get back in lower than the current price. (laughs) That's my, and um, I just, again, this was just one of those moments where the fundamental thesis was broken and, you know, I was about to go to bed. It was 4 AM and I was just like, the fundamental thesis is broken. I had to sell. Um, And, you know, I mean, I sold a lot higher than, than the prices are at right now because everybody woke up and digested the news. Um, And then on top of that, you know, just have the nonsense that's going on in the the global markets right now. You know, uh, with the Fed and Ukraine and and whatever. Um, but yeah, I'm I, for me the big question is what what like do we see destabilization across DeFi? Because there's a couple billion dollars um, in spell. Well, well, one sec before yeah. we, before we get onto that, I I want to do like a little exercise with you. Like I want to see. I'm looking here. Okay, the market cap of time right now is 366 million, right? Uh, fully diluted value 389 million. So let's call it 400 million. I'm looking at this app, uh, Wonderland.Money. Looking at the treasury, this little app is telling me that there is 589 million dollars of assets in that. I went before we started recording. I looked at okay, what you know. Some amount of that is their own token or their own token in LP. So if you pull out, like I just pulled out all the stable coins, including MIM, maybe we could put a discount on MIM, include, and then um, Ethan Phantom, like the other stuff they have in there is like tokens of this betting company or like other, you know, stuff in the Danny verse. So like, you know, let's value, let's call that zero. Let's say that's worth zero. Between the stable coins and Phantom and ETH, it's about, 150 million dollars of stable coins in the treasury current market value is what do we say 400 million 400 so, million yeah what what do you it's think got, it, it's got what, it's where, got where does, 75 percent to go <laughs> yeah where does where does hal bid where do you bid you bid it yeah, you bid minus 75 percent would you say so what is that what you'd you'd say just you would you would pay you would be bid the stable coin value mm-hmm. yeah a hundred dollars a time But see, that's the thing, though, is like I would want to see it. That that question that I asked you has to be answered first, right? Because it's like, would they give it up? Because if they won't give it up, then you're betting on you're just you're just getting pulled further down um, the the play. And I'd love you know I'd love it if I, I'm not I'm not a kind of person that likes to see like destruction in the world. So I'd love it if Danny was just ignorant. I'm I'm not. I'm leaning towards him not being ignorant and him being somehow embedded in this. Um, but so let me just let me just tell you this thing I've been thinking about. And there's some people that are are trying to present like some on-chain data around this. But mm-hmm. I had thought of this independently before I saw them uh, accusing him of this. But so if you if you own you know if you have some control inside of Wonderland, you have some control inside of Abracadabra, then you can give yourself wonderland and spell put them on abracadabra as collateral borrow magic internet money so that's three tokens that you don't care about go and buy ethereum or bitcoin and then send that you know bitcoin and ethereum back to the real world or whatever and you don't care if you get liquidated because you you don't actually have any stake in any of it right because all you're doing is borrowing mim against time and spell which are all three tokens that you created and then you're buying real assets with it and then exiting, right? So uh, it certainly, <laughs> certainly could be done. I mean, uh, the, the, 
And then some people are saying that they have on-chain data. I, I looked at it. It didn't look super convincing, but it also fits into that with the whole liquidation cascade that happened where it's like, oh, Danny had $15 million in W memo that got liquidated, but he used that magic internet money to buy Ethereum. Like, And then so why does he care, right? Yep. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that was the first kind of like major piece of, he would call it FUD or like negative information that came out, right? Whereas where he, there was, you know, people were tweeting that he was getting liquidated using his own token as collateral, right? So yeah, like like you said, if, if he's using that as collateral, then he's just saying like, okay, I think this collateral is junk. I'm going to go use it to buy real assets and, and send it to myself, right? And he did a Twitter spaces the other day, basically saying that like, this was just a fuck up and he moved, you know, it was uh sleep and had changed phone so his um, alert was on night also, mode i was on that yeah. twitter space and i noticed a major difference in his um like the way he was talking and sound like he sounded very defeated or like or you know he he didn't have that like fuck you vc fraud yeah, like yeah, you know yeah. he was very much just like yes we Sad Pepe. like he almost sounded like he yeah like he just took a bunch of downers or something by the way i'm looking if you because, you know, I, I, I told everybody about um, time. Uh, I also, if you join our Discord, I also told everyone that I sold time at like 9,000. And um, I put, you know, I put a small bit in, but I didn't put anything near back in what I, I put back in like 5% or something. Um, but if you had bought Popsicle, if you bought Ice when uh, <laughs> the article came out, you were still up 223%. So get the fuck out. <laughs> mm. All right. So what are you, okay. If, if this is an exit scam, if it's an exit scam, why are they still doing the governance stuff? Why is Danny going on Twitter spaces and trying to do damage control sounding like shit? What's the, yeah. Yeah. Well, do, I mean, do you think, I think it's because uh, I'm not, I'm not saying I, I, I don't believe you. I'm just trying to like game it out here. Oh no, I think it's because the team isn't like, it's not like, it's not like um, the Wonderland, the uh, spell, like, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe he's just got a group of like 80 people that are um, all bad guys or something. But I don't know. I, I My guess is that there's like good people involved. Like, um, I don't know. Do you know that guy Squirrel? Like I've talked to him personally. Um, and I don't know. It's hard for me to believe that that guy is like in on this. But I, I don't know. This whole thing is just, we like, we, we certainly need more information. We're doing the podcast now because this is crazy. Nothing like this has ever happened in crypto. Um, oh, we have an, we have another topic that we need to go down. But what my point that I'm making here is like we have very very bad information right now, right? Like the information we have right now is me doing four hours of scrolling through you know these uh, Twitter accounts that people uh, find you know they have hundreds of thousands of followers. So that's like all I can do to say whether or not I trust the opinion, and then. I'm talking to people that are actual devs, um, either at Badger um, or, you know, there's, there's, I've been in the discords uh, in Wonderland. So my point is like, my information is imperfect. It's only been 12 hours. We need, um, we need a lot more information to come out. We need to see these proposals go through at Wonderland. You know, we need more questions answered. I just sold all my shit because I was still in the green and, I knew there was going to be some kind of shakeout here, right? Um, okay, so the next question is Andre, Andre Cronje, and uh, solidly or solid swap. So, what have you thought about that? Yeah, I mean, I thought about it. Certainly, everyone who has, you know, gotten into bed with Danny is reconsidering that now, right? There's this whole shade cast over him. Um, he put out a tweet, I think, saying, you know, like, fuck this. I just want to build. People make mistakes, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I mean, I think I'm sure that they're reevaluating that now, right? Because, like, this guy was kind of, like, the hottest ticket, right? He was going on all the podcasts. He was getting Twitter spaces with thousands of people. So, you know, he, if it, you know, for whatever, like, the value of his protocols were, he was certainly, like, the best marketer who was at there at the time, right, in terms of, like, you know, getting people riled up and the fuck the VCs meme and frog nation and, and all that stuff. So if, if, you know, he never writes a line of code or ships anything like just, just in that alone, like he, 
could bring value to projects, but, but I don't know, like, I don't know. Are you asking me like, if I was Andre, do I pull out now or, or what, what are you, uh, or trying to predict what he'll do? Or, yeah. Or yeah. I'm just saying it's, um, if Danny is a, you know, charlatan or whatever, if he's, if he's not real, if this was all some sort of like elaborate rug pull or whatever, then yeah, he like, you know, he fooled everyone, including this, you know, the, the smartest DeFi guy out there. Right. Um, and also, I mean, the big thing though, is just like, I view Andre as being this very like ethical, ethically minded person. And so, um, I don't know, you know, Danny, um, I, I've been, you know, in our, uh, <laughs> in the, the the Badger Builders Discord in our off-topic channel about, um, I don't know, a month or two ago, uh, several of us were hashing out uh, this conversation and I was keep bringing up the point that Danny reminds me a lot of Chairman Mao. <laughs> uh, that's why we're <laughs> making this. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, so I don't know. It, you know, the, the, the leading the people towards defeating the people that are oppressing them and then at the same time, like, they're just going to oppress you as soon as they're in charge, you know? Um, I don't know. And it kind of pisses me off a little bit just the way uh, he has used DeFi because there's a lot of us that are going out of our way to, you know, um, have lots of decentralized governance and in, in our decision making and, and that sort of thing. And so to walk, you know, he comes in and just sort of like is making all these uh, risky decisions and uh, not protecting investors funds and all that, you know, so I've I've kind of been like sounding the horn around that. I didn't expect them to be, to be like actual scammers, you know. I just kind of thought they were they were a little bit um, loose. Let's just call it. Yeah, and like you said, like there's a lot of more investigation that needs to to happen. And I would, um, you know, one one of the things that was impressed on me. So I did a podcast with um, Alex, who's one of the the developers at Badger, about safe being safe uh using DeFi, and one of the kind of like tricks he showed me was just like how you can go and and see an address and see okay is this an address of a just like a random person with a metamask account or is it an actual multi-sig and then who are the signers of that multi-sig and and see okay um you could go to any like treasury dow or anything like that and see some to some extent the level of security and this is one of those things that like if you're a dev or a technical person you understand and do a lot or maybe you don't if you're if you're just trying to get through your day and move fast but 99 point whatever percent of people who are just normal frog nation or me during a normal day like you don't do this right so one of the things is like that that the developers um, we're kind of aghast at is that like these big treasuries of like multi-millions were just behind like an EOA, which just means like some guys met a mask. Right. So like when I heard that a, a large part, part of the Wonderland treasury was just an EOA, that's like a huge red flag that maybe someone who's not technically minded would be aware of how, how big that is, which is just like, you know, if you have a hundred million dollars, even if it was my own $100 million that I owned 100% of, like, it's just completely irresponsible to have it in a personal MetaMask, right? Like, you would want some kind of multi-sig or social recovery or something like that, right? So, like, once you once you hear that, it's like, I don't even know, like, what's the analogy? Just kind of, like, hopping into the cockpit of an airplane without, like, a, a checklist or seeing if it was, you know there's fuel in the airplane or something like it's just something that's like huge red flag yeah yeah no no i completely agree okay the uh here's 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 another one i saw this from joseph delong who's you know ex sushi five thousand dollar dinner um we talked about mm -hmm. it on a couple of other a podcast a uh, few back you guys should go listen to it um he tweeted and said that uh this is classic psyops three-letter psyops and that um sifu and danny are um planted by like i don't know cia or something to try and destroy DeFi's um image <laughs> stranger things have happened stranger things have happened i mean I, like okay i had this take earlier today it's like you know i'm shocker like an industry where large sums of money are routinely sent to like anonymous cartoon characters has a bad actor who's with a shady past, right? It's like, on one hand, yes, like, I don't know. I was, I, I was just thinking about 
like the implications of that, right? Like DeFi, it's, it's supposed to be that because your transactions are out in the open on chain, um, it's kind of assumed that like there'll be all this due diligence that like people will be checking that it's a trusted multi-sig and not an EOA or that, you know, like people will see that funds are going to where they should but like yeah see it's see i it's think extremely it's extremely opaque you know like it's extremely difficult to track that information down it requires like sophisticated software it's not something that an everyday person even though the tools exist to do that is going to do but no well so okay here's 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 what i think okay because people are gonna like there oh, i was just saw a Bloomberg article there just like, oh, is this a good look for, for DeFi and an enemy? In my mind, like, look what happened, right? We're 12 hours into this and you got all these like on-chain uh, detectives that have now, you know, now that now that people know what to look for, they're all, you know, everybody just is running out and looking at all these transactions and trying to find connections and, and that sort of thing. So I, you know, I think the anonymity is fine just know that if you're a bad person and you're trying to be anonymous in DeFi and you become successful, like, sorry, like, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like if you become the president, right. Of the United States, right. like anything you did, it's going to come out. Um, good luck with that anonymity. <laughs> right. You will be doxxed eventually. And I think, you know, some other rug pulls that I've been through, like, it's interesting. Like once the developers get doxxed, they kind of, have a very strong uh, incentive to do the right thing, right? Because everyone knows where they are, their addresses are known, and in crypto, like you know, there's some degree of pseudonymity, like you said. But like once people get ripped off, once there's you know, it's it's basically like impossible to have like ironclad opsec, and you'll get you're going to get found out if you steal people's money, and then it's going to be impossible to offboard large amounts of money from crypto because of the centralized gateways. So I don't know. I do think like Danny and Sifu have a strong, like they're both docs now and they have a strong incentive to like bring this thing in for a landing. So if I had to, if I had to bet on like the distribution of outcomes, I would say 10% chance of like a hard rug exit. These guys have to like fake their own death or something, you know, 70 or something percent chance of like, some kind of managed off ramp with like some other DAO comes in or they replace people or bring in people or, or take some kind of like treasury steps to, uh, to rate the ship. And I don't yeah, know that didn't, that didn't add up to a hundred, but I, <laughs> I don't know what the other ones are. Like I said, I'm, I'm still waiting for information. I mean, I'm looking at the spell chart on lower time frames and I don't know, like maybe, maybe you could put a bid on here sometime soon. I called, um, I called 0.003 earlier today and it bounced off of 0.0045. Um, so yeah, in my mind, there's still more pain ahead. Um, I'll probably pick some up. I like I like um, Spell and Abracadabra. Time, I could just ignore. I mean, that you did you did make a good point about the treasury. Um, yeah, put a bid in at $100. Um popsicle i don't know popsicle they have a product now on phantom right <laughs> that was the yeah. biggest thing for me it was just like okay is this product actually going to relaunch um so i don't know i mean i like popsicle i like abracadabra um it just feels like if you know if if they if the communities voted to just like cut the head off and get rid of danny and sifu like yeah, I would just I would rebuy all the tokens, no problem. Um, you know, with the exception of time, which would be something I'd have to really think about because um, I would just rather buy Ohm right now. I didn't sell any of my Ohm, didn't sell any of my Klima, because um, nothing, you know, nothing changed over there. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's talk about that more now, like the other protocols. So um, Ice, you like? I haven't used their product. They have a product that's making some money. But Abracadabra is the interesting one because they have a stable coin that's become probably the most DeFi stable coin, right? Because they've got these cross-chain bridges. They've got uh, the DGen box that bridges to Terra and does like super leveraged farming there. 
Um, and they've got billions and billions of these stable coins that are out in curve in other pools that are kind of like into the backbone of, of DeFi. So I don't know. I was looking at the treasury, the um, abracadabra, not the treasury, but the uh, pie chart of the different collaterals that are backing the stable coin. So just to review like stable coin, you put in a uh, hundred dollars of a good asset you know, ETH or something that people think is valuable. And then you can mint up to a a certain amount, like $50 or $75 of the stable coin based on the value of that collateral. And if that value drops, then you get liquidated. So there's a process to ensure that there's always more than a dollar of collateral in backing the stable coin. Um, So if, if the, so, you know, you look at, look at that and the, the collaterals that are backing MIM of those, about 5% or just under 5% is time. So if we're saying that time is, you know, got 75% downside, that collateral, that stable coin should at least be worth 97 cents or 98 cents, right? Is that, is that material enough? Is that, is that a big enough, uh, big enough discount to like present a systemic, systemic risk and this thing's going to depeg or, or what do you think about the implications well, for magic my, internet? So- the question is again. You have to, this question has to be answered: Is what is the tie between the team that is behind Abracadabra, Danny, and Sifu? Right. So, what is the what is the actual tie between Sifu and Danny, and then what is the tie between the team at Abracadabra and Danny? And until those questions are answered, um, the the risk in my mind, and this is why we just moved uh, the Mimit Badger uh, out to the, the the curve, the three curve pool um is what happens if one of those connections is bad basically so if dan you know if danny is it really is in embedded with this um or if the whole team in africa is embedded with this then you're just going to see a bank run so you're you know well what happens if you know ust pulls everything out what happens if tri crypto pulls everything what happens if you know the the yvf comes out so what do you mean pulls it out do you mean redeems their yeah i mean these people decide hey yeah i don't want to be a part of this anymore i'm just gonna uh yeah redeem my collateral uh, return my mim and get the hell out of here is that a problem well yeah because then nobody wants to buy mim nobody wants um nobody needs like if these people have mim i mean you could you could you could see a big spike and then a crash right so you would see like anybody that uh, is over leveraged and like spent all their mim that wants to get out has to go buy it and then uh, return their assets and then nobody wants it and so you know so it goes up to eight dollars and then it crashes to uh, you know a penny or whatever. Okay, so just the 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 um, demand for mim that would bring it up to peg is not there anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's a. I would put it at a one uh, percent risk right now of that happening. You put a one percent of just like a complete D peg. A complete, like let's just everybody wants out of here. The the nobody trusts the team, and then yeah. So then what's going to happen? The reality of it is is what you're talking about. Is like somebody's going to try and come in and um, take over, right? Um, and so then, but then the question is, would would they actually give up control? Because uh, that's, I mean, that's kind of really never happened. I mean, we saw we, the, the sushi story is the only story, right? We have one one measurement, which is, um, you know, the the chef Nomi and giving up control to like SBF, um, and then again the sushi team got uh, kicked out, you know, with Joseph DeLong and all of that. So um, yeah, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see what happens here. Um, I am. I don't know. We have we missed any of the possibilities, right? We're basically just going through all these possible futures. Everybody can make their own decision on on where they think uh, we're actually going to go. You're you're still holding small amounts. I sold everything, but I mean, I didn't I didn't close my spell chart. I still have uh, I still got spell open. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, I mean, I. I'm just saying, like, I, I want to be very clear, like, I know we, jo- we joke about, like, investment advice, like, do not say that because I haven't sold that I endorse this or, like, th- it's purely just oh, a strategy. And, and, and uh, I'm not saying that anyone listening should 
not sell. If I, if I had a material amount of my net worth in this, I would have sold a long time ago. Um, it's just a pure, pure laziness. And, um, I don't know. I just like, like think that the main lesson that I take of, of this is like really position sizing the kind of degen bets, right? Like I, when I heard about the EOA stuff, I was very glad that this was just a minor position. Can you, can you, was, uh, explain, can you explain that to people that don't know? The EOA. I mean, we we talked about that before, right? The the idea that like the treasury of time is con- is controlled by you know sitting in one guy's MetaMask account rather than a multi sig and um, right, right. Just, just so just, yeah, yeah. Just I reinforcing just wanted, that. I don't know if you use the maybe you did and I just didn't hear. I didn't know if you'd use the acronym earlier. Oh, the EOA. Yeah, yeah. And just you know, you go in their Discord and you can kind of see like they're not they're making big decisions that are not put up to governance. So like clearly clearly like you said like the danny projects are kind of like a cult of personality right or they're they're a one-man show um or you know danny and sifu or like there's this kind of like small group of insiders who are running the show and you know these are not true DAOs and that are owned by the community right so for that reason i would consider them like extremely degen and therefore like size my positions accordingly to the point where they go down i'll sell them for a tax write-off and I, I just don't really care like i would have probably sold but i just haven't gotten around to it so that's uh that's my personal thinking on this um but yeah i don't know like i guess trying to still wrap my head around like the the backing for mim so like there's the down like the downside protection of that is like pe- because people have their debts in mim right because they've borrowed mim to farm or whatever if MIM drops below, then it's a great time for them to repay because they're going to be able to repay their debt at a discount, right? So that's like, as long as there's some debt that is left outstanding to be repaid, then that would be a, a mechanism to bring that back. You up, mean if right? they can, if they can buy back the MIM at a discount? Right, right, right. So if I've borrowed, if I owe a thousand MIMs, and MIM is trading at 70 cents on the dollar, you know, that's a good time to buy those MIMs and repay the debt. Right, right. So the 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 other side, right, would be that then, every, you know, it goes to 70 cents, everybody starts buying it, but then nobody stops, right? Because then everybody freaks out and then that's when it runs up to $8, $9 a token because um, everybody just wants out, you know, and, and they don't want to be patient about it. And you know that those are those moments when you get to find out like oh is the website actually gonna work how many people are interacting with the smart contracts directly i would hope the people that have lots and lots of money and invested um have thought about you know interacting with the smart contracts directly um instead of through the website and that sort of thing yeah and certainly like an interesting thing to look at is i i have a twitter alert set up for mim replenishes because i was thinking of, I was trying to do some stablecoin farming leverage with, with MIM. And there was a couple of very popular strategies like the, uh, DGen box Terra strategy and the, um, uh, convex, uh, you know, one of the convex stablecoin strategies. And, uh, you know, it, it was like pretty rare or like they would be replenished and then people would borrow them and they would get used up before I had a chance to, to, to do it. And now you, you know, there's the, quite a bit of supply coming back into the market of, of MIM. And and I don't know, like when MIMs are repaid, do they just get burned or are they just sitting in the abracadabra treasury? Like, do you know what happens when they're repaid? repaid? Um, no, actually I've not, I, I've never like went and gone and looked into that. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay. We'll put that as a investigation question for later. So, I don't oh, know. It is I looking guess... like uh, it is looking like the vote to remove Sifu is going to pass. That he will be time. removed. Yeah, it's even it's even written in a weird no replace Sifu. Yeah, replace Sifu. So seventy seven percent. Yeah, I think it reached quorum. Okay. Oh no, that's good. I was trying to vote to replace him earlier, and then uh, the page wasn't loading for me, so it must have been uh ddosing it or something but i will go uh i will go exercise my governance rights yeah man this is so crazy 
So yeah, what what are our lessons learned? I mean, the lesson learned for me, position sizing. I'm happy with my position sizing. I think at my early uh, crypto days, I would put a lot more of my, you know, I, I kind of like think of my crypto stack as like one bucket of money. I would put a lot of it into like more degen bets and learn my lesson with that the hard way. And now like as my crypto stack has grown, like I'm conscious of just keeping it in like a pyramid where like, okay, like ETH, Bitcoin, these are kind of like the, foundations of the pyramid then you go up to like stuff like matic or phantom or like the other layer ones and then above that you have you know more degen stuff and just trying to trying to like keep keep a nice uh pyramid structure there wait here's the this is a really good um uh point in our discord from dario that he said you know basically we're we're finding out that the guy that like a bunch of people made a whole bunch of money off is like a, a criminal record um and you know how like how long would this have just kept going on if they didn't get doxxed right like um it, that is a really interesting question to me and then yeah calling out the hypocrisy in the crypto space that like you know, everyone's sort of just like fine with it until it comes out i guess um i don't know i'm I, I, I would push back on that. Like everyone wasn't quite fine with it. Uh, me personally, I've I've been vocal about how I think the way the things were being run over there were a little bit crazy. Um, but yes, it in my mind, knowing that this dude is now like some crazy criminal, it does um, make me want to not interact with the protocol. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in in some ways, like you do have these checks and balance or like knowing that there are no guardrails. The only guardrails that exist are your own self-imposed position sizing and judgment. And that's what it comes down to. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And um, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully maybe this is something that is like, convincing you that insurance sucks in DeFi. Cause like, I don't think anybody's going to can't go to Nexus and be like, Hey, uh, the Sifu dude was, was a, a criminal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah, it's an yeah. So so like the real risk management is in position sizing. I mean, that's the yeah. There we go. Let's end the pod. That's the lesson for the week. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, this was a fun one. Let's get it out there and uh, good luck to everyone. Yeah, brighter days ahead for sure. <laughs> See you Cheers. later.